Five o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo. Live from the Oxygen Community Studios. I want to play this cut for you. It's a longer one, but it's a good one. Dave Pash with Bickley and Murata this morning on the edge that Cliff Kingsbury is starting to show. I think this team has a swagger. I mean, Cliff with the edge that Cliff is coaching with. You know, I know he can't get a penalty and go on the field and, and get into the official space, and he even said that, but I, I didn't mind it that Man, much. me neither. I like it. I, and I think guys see that, and they know it's real with Cliff. They know it's not fake or forced. I mean, I, I had two Texas Tech games recently. It was interesting talking to some people there. You know, and I knew Cliff when he was there and when he was at A&M back to Houston, and, you know, I always knew he's a great guy and an incredibly intelligent coach, but the one thing that they talked about at Texas Tech was, you know, he, he had an edge. There's an intensity to Cliff, and I think it just took some time for it to come out because he's probably trying to get comfortable, doesn't want to overstep his bounds. Yeah. He always is a guy that's humble, and, you know, I think early in his NFL career, he just wanted to prove that he belonged, kind of do his thing and win, and then let those things happen. We saw week one against Tennessee, and we've seen it all year, and I think that's made a big difference with this team. Mm-hmm. You make it that. I think it, it reminds me of like when you get a young player that comes into the league and is a certain amount of time, and then you say, "Okay, you're not a rookie anymore." You know, like you know, I look at I look at Mikhail Bridges now, and like you're not a rookie anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a, you're not a young player anymore. You're a veteran player. I think Cliff has crossed that bridge into veteran coach. He's a veteran coach. He's had enough games against these teams, right? I mean, he's playing the Rams and the 49ers in Seattle for the for the third year. Like you've you know you saw the Rams two times your first year, two times your second year. Now again, like you've gotten to the point where you've done all the road trips back east, you've done all the road trips to the Midwest, you've had home games, you know, you've had Thursday night games, you've had Monday night games. Like I think you know, to, have they had a Monday night game? I'm sure that they. Well, either way, you know my point. They've had primetime games Sunday night or Thursday night. He's had he's gone through this whole process to where I just think he can be a lot looser now. Um, it's I can I could tell a big difference, in he was so guarded with everything in the beginning, mm-hmm. and sure he's still close to the vest on injuries because that's just the way they do things with injuries. But he's opened up a lot more about a lot of other things. I mean, his personality has really shown this year more than others. Totally, I I one hundred percent. Um, and it it's shown this year and it's manifested itself in different ways. We were talking earlier off the air. Uh, and we actually played it during the Big Red Reacts, Cliff's decision to go for it on that fourth and one. Could have very easily laid up, kicked the field goal, right? Gone up by, what, 20 in that moment? But I do think there's that edge of, oh, no, I'm going to put this game away. I'm going to put you away. I'm I loved gonna, it. I'm going to end this game right now. Can we talk about that for it? a yeah, second? Play, absolutely. That's because, why I brought it up. Because I just don't really I, – and I don't know what to th- – I, I, I almost don't know what to think. Let, let me just go through the situation right there. They're facing a fourth and one, and they're up 24 to seven. It's an easy field goal for Prater. It's about a 44 yard field goal for Matt, for Prater. He was automatic from that. He's automatic. You kick the field goal there, and you go up 27 to seven. You go up by, you go up by 20 points. You're up by 20. Instead, you go for it. Now, if you don't get it, you're, you're 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 only up twenty four seven still. It's only a seventeen point lead. They've got the ball. You go for it. You end up getting up thirty one seven. So the difference was, kick the field goal and you're up by twenty points. Go for the touchdown. You're up by twenty four. Don't get don't get it at all. You stay up seventeen and you're giving them the ball. The risk at that point 
it seemed a lot easier to just say kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. Kick the field goal, go up 27-7, to that's three touchdowns. They can't do score two touchdowns and two-point conversions, 16 points, they're still down four. And even a field goal wouldn't help him there. Like, so I, like, I was, ba- you know, not baffled, but that one was one where I don't know if that risk was worth it. He ended up getting it and he got the first down. And maybe he's just that type of guy where I'm just going to, if I can go for your jugular, I'm going to go for your jugular. I think, and I haven't talked to Cliff about this, so I don't know, but that touchdown, you're now at 31 points. And he's basically saying, good luck beating us now. 31 to 7. We're we're at 31 points and against our defense, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get and even though that's only what halfway through the third quarter when that happened, I mean there was still a lot of game left. It's almost like he's saying, "I know that if we get to this number, if we get to 31, you're not going to beat us. You're not. Not against our defense, you won't because you're going to have to throw the whole time. You're going to have to completely abandon your run game, which they kind of already had anyway. And we are going to pin our ears back and we're going to drive Jimmy G into the ground. And force you to throw it on every single down. If we can get to 31, it effectively... I mean, what did you say when we did Big Red Reacts? After I played the highlight of Eno Benjamin's touchdown and they went up 31-7? You said it. Ball game. Ball game. Ball game. And that's the reward. But is it, is it, isn't it ball game with the field goal right there? You're up 27-7. to You're up 20 points on them. I would love to... I just... I, Sometimes I, I, I want to know. I want to know, Cliff. What was the thought process there? I, I think what you're dealing with is a younger, more riskier type of head coach that is prevalent today's in NFL. In today's NFL, who looks at it and says, "Okay, I could do the conservative thing. I could kick the field goal here, or I could trust my guy to get me one yard." And if I get one yard, I buy myself three more chances to get it in the end zone, and I could effectively end this game halfway through the, the third quarter. The play was called McCoy running for one yard. I know. And Your was... backup quarterback wasn't played all year. Like, he was the guy that you trusted to go get you the one yard. And... I just think you kick it, you're up 20. You don't get it, you're only up 17. They've got the ball to the 26-yard line. It's... They score a touchdown, you're only up 10. Like, I just... It's aggressive coaching. I just want to know, it's, man. It's... I just... Well, wait, what do you want to know? Though? I don't think any other coach in this league does that. Oh, I think they kick the field goal. Oh, no, you had what, right one, two, then. three, four? I think there's at least a half dozen no way. coaches in this league who do this. I don't think so. I think at least a half dozen. I think this is the new NFL. I really do. Kick a 45, 44, 45-year-old, 40, 20, the 26, 36. You kick a 43-yard field goal, and you're up by 20. Or I don't get it. I get to thirty-one points and the game's over. I have Gambo saying ball game. If I if I if I, I might have said ball I, game up twenty. You might have, but because that's three scores, that's not, three touchdowns. Not as definitively. If we were doing big red reacts and they'd kick the field goal there, I don't think you would have said ball game. But touchdown, touchdown equals ball game. Done. Bye. See ya. Thirty-one points. You're not mm. getting there. I, I could talk about this play forever. Three touchdowns. They could also go eight, sixteen, twenty-four. And and plus seven, and it's 31-31. It's three scores either way. It's three touchdowns either way. It's just adding on a couple of two-point conversions. Three three two-point conversions I, to tie I, I really disagree with you when you say that he's the only coach in the league who would have done all it. All right, there. all right. Maybe, I, maybe it's I three think, or four. I think there are coaches in this league who would have done exactly Man, the same I, thing. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I am. Three turnovers, five sacks. A new all-time franchise sack leader and another example of the Cardinals' defense making a joke of their opponent's greatest threat. We'll talk about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Right, one left. Garoppolo takes the shotgun snap. Short set. In the pocket. Gets hit by Golden. Sacked again. 
at the 40-yard line. Have a day. Marcus Golden, three sacks as he takes down Garoppolo for a five-yard loss at the 39. Three more sacks for Marcus Golden yesterday, five for the Cardinals as a team yesterday, nine on the season for Marcus Golden. I love just laughing. She just, she just, how could that guy not be one of everybody's favorite players? He's just such a, you know, lunch pail, blue collar pass rusher. Yeah. He is. Doesn't get a lot of the credit, doesn't get a lot of the accolades, just does his job week in and week out. And then you're like, I'm glad I got that guy on my team. Yeah. I'm glad I'm he's hunting. on my team. I th- I'm hunting, man. That's, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't go in there. Oh, I got this. I got to get three. I got to do this. I'm hunting every play. I'm hunting every play. If the quarterback drop back to pass that ball, I'm hunting. If I can get to hit on him, I appreciate that. If I can get close to him, I know he feel me. You get the sack, you feel good. Don't nothing feel better than the sack. So, and um, then you make him lose yours and give my team a better chance to win. So, of course, I'm happy, man. I, 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 I've been getting after the quarterback since I've been in this league. So, I just want to keep on proving to people that I'm still who I am and I still can play this game at a high level. The Cardinals, you D- got nothing to prove, man. Yeah. There's not a team in this league that wouldn't love to have you. You are a treasure. He is such a good football player, and I enjoy watching him play, man. And let him keep going out there saying, I got to prove it, I got to prove it, I got to prove it. But, yeah, I am happy to have him on this team. Cardinals defense uh, hit the quarterback eight times. They had seven tackles for loss. They broke up three passes. They forced three turnovers. They're number three in the NFL in turnover differentials. They've been one of the best on that. San Francisco only converted four third-down opportunities the whole day. San Francisco only had 337 yards. Most of that was through the air. Maybe the most impressive number of them all, the 49ers had only 39 rushing yards in the game. It was the fewest the Cardinals had allowed all season. The Cards outgained the Niners on the ground 163 to 39 yesterday. They bloodied their mouth. I mean, they just punched them right between the eyes as hard. And they, they left the 49ers bloodied yesterday well, with what they when did. You, when you get up, when you get up the way they got up, okay, let's just look at the second half. Cardinals got the ball in the second half to start it. They're already up by two scores, 17 7. They get the ball to start the second half. And remember, in the first half, you had you look at the 49ers, they didn't have the ball a whole lot because they kept turning it over. You had the Kittle turnover, and then you had the Brandon Ayuk turnover. So it's like they couldn't get anything going. Second half was their chance to get their run game going. But what do they do? Cardinals take the ball, and they go right down the field. They score a touchdown. That was the 45-yard touchdown to James Cotter. Now you're down 17. You can't run the football anymore. No. Then they go three and out. Arizona gets the ball back. They go up 31-7. So San Francisco's down 31-7, and they've had the ball for three plays in the second half. The running game's over. 31-7. They've had the ball for three plays. You want to run the ball? You're down 24. Yeah, you can't. You don't have any time to run the football. you got to pass it. It's done. You can't. That was a part of my favorite stretch of the game was that start to open up the second half. Yeah, the 45-yard touchdown that you talked about to James Conner. The Cardinals defense, the very next series, Chandler pressure sets up a Tanner Vallejo tackle for loss. There was a Jordan Phillips sack in that three and out. The Cardinals get the ball right back. And that fourth down decision that we were just talking about a second ago, by going for it on fourth and one, by converting it, and by setting up the Eno Benjamin 21-yard touchdown, you have effectively, in the first half of the third quarter, basically said, done, over, bye, see you. Everything you wanted to do game plan-wise, you can't. It's no longer an option for you. You now have to get, you've got seven points, you now have to get to 31, 32, if you're going to beat us. 
And I thought sandwiched in the middle of those two James Conner, Eno Benjamin plays was that defensive stand where it was Chandler Jones, it was Tanner Vallejo, it was Jordan Phillips, who's played very well but he since has, he's been back. I'm glad, you, men- I'm glad yeah, you mentioned him. Very well. Because he, had, going into this season, he looked like one of, he looked like a bad signing. And he has stepped up and played well since he's come back. It's a good, it's a good point. I yep. mean, he is, he is justifying some of that salary he's been paid. Not that it's the end-all, be-all. It never is. I'll tell you right now, as the pro football focus rankings go, Jordan Phillips was the third highest graded player wow. on the defense for the Cardinals wow. yesterday. Look at you. Behind only Marcus Golden and Buda Baker. Jordan Phillips was number three on that list yesterday. And then, of course, there's Chandler Jones, who took down Jimmy Garoppolo and became the franchise's all-time leader in sacks with the organization with 67. And in a really cool moment, as soon as he did it, he lifted up his jersey to re- reveal a rest-in-peace Freddie Joe Nunn shirt whose record he just broke by getting that sack yesterday. Well, I like that you said all-time record finally. I mean, I did it in four years. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> but uh, it felt good. It felt good. You know, and I wore that shirt, I wore that shirt for two games. I, w- I wore it for the Green Bay game. Honestly, I didn't get back there, but I didn't wear it for that much. So He, he only died last month. I uh, know. It wasn't that long ago. 59 years old, Freddie yeah. Joe Nunn. Yeah, so he died at 59 years old last month, and um, yeah, Chandler got the record. I mean, I guess I, I think he's somebody said ever since he got back from COVID, he had that shirt on, so he's kind of had that shirt just just waiting to to bust it out. It's always good when you can pay you know pay tribute to a, a former player that did something and you're passing his record. So I, I got a lot of respect for the way he did. He got a game ball afterwards. Mm-hmm. I gave out a lot of game balls, but he got one of the game balls from Cliff in the game. I, I look, I appreciate him tipping the cap to Freddie Joe Nunn. I, I but more than anything, I think I just appreciate Chandler Jones being a wrecking ball again defensively for the Cardinals. I mean that's the most that's the most important takeaway for me. It's not the record and the way he handled the record was super cool. The Cardinals, in the absence of J.J. Watt, who did officially go on the injured reserve over the weekend, by the way, yeah, the emergence, the reemergence of Chandler Jones is a very necessary thing for this team to get where they want to go. They're not getting there if Chandler Jones doesn't reemerge defensively for well, them. Well, not with J.J. out, right? With Chandler, with Chandler struggling and they had J.J., they still had one of the premier guys to go get some quarterback hits and pressure on the quarterback and things like that and things like that. But now with JJ out, yeah, I absolutely think that that that's the true statement. They to get to where they want to go, Chandler's got to play well. He's got to play well. He's now you got Marcus Golden, you've got other guys that could step up, but he is your premier pass rusher. He's the guy that's going to occupy some double teams. He's the guy that's going to be the focus of 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 of, uh, of teams. Uh, when you're looking at their offense, they're going to try to slide protection to make sure the Chandler doesn't destroy them. So he's got to play well for them to go where they want to go. Yep, he does. Uh, Arizona was also good on time of possession. San Francisco only had the ball for 23 minutes. I mean, we just go on and on. But more importantly, for a rush defense that had gotten skewed last weekend against Green Bay, I mean, just carved up to the point where people were like, and I was among them, Oh man, this is going to be the real weak spot for this Cardinals defense, and it just got exploited for them to follow that up by allowing only 39 rushing yards. The 49ers was a huge statement, huge, yeah, huge statement. It's just you turn the ball over with Kittle, you turn the ball over with Ayuk, you get down by two scores, you don't have the ball very much. Cardinals get the ball, start of the second half, they score a touchdown. Now you're down 24 to seven. It's like 
Yeah. I mean, you go and, and then you go three and out, the Cardinals score again, and that's it. I mean, you have no, well, I mean, why run? Yeah. I mean, you got no time to run the football. I think they only ran it like, I think from that point forward, I think they only ran the ball twice. You asked about it. They are third in the NFL in turnover differential. They're third in the NFL in takeaways. 17, fourth. 18, what do they got? They have 17, 17. total takeaways. Okay. Only the Colts and the Bills have more. Wow. 17 is third best in the NFL. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the news of the day is that unfortunately bad news for the Cardinals, at least when it comes to one specific player. Chase Edmonds reportedly has a high ankle sprain. How's he going to manage in his absence? How is the running back room going to manage in his absence? And is one of their younger backs ready for this opportunity? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Definitely always preparing like that, um, whether Chase was here or not. Um, and I feel like that would be more so um, something that we'll find out tomorrow um, as we start installing for Carolina. That was, you know, Benjamin Cardinals backup running back who was on with us earlier here on the Burns and Gambo show. Are you prepared to get more touches with Chase Edmonds? Yep, I am prepared <laughs> to get more touches with Chase. He didn't want to say too much. Because right now, all that's really being said out of the Cardinals is that it doesn't look good for Chase Edmonds this week. Here's Cliff Kingsbury with Wolf and Luke earlier today. Uh, I don't think he'll be back for this week. Okay. So um, hopefully sooner than later, but it doesn't look good for this week. It's being reported a high ankle sprain for Chase Edmonds. Yes. And Ian Rappaport has said three to four games that he will probably miss with that high ankle sprain. So if that report is to be believed, and I don't know why it wouldn't, uh, it looks like it could be a while that it's going to be the James Conner and Eno Benjamin show. Yeah, it could be, definitely. You had even uh, hinted, uh, not hinted, but said that uh, Laura Oakman on the Fox report said that Murray had a high ankle sprain. I checked on that, and I'm being told that's not the case, that Kyler Murray does not have a high ankle sprain. So that that was interesting, but yeah, with a high ankle sprain, I mean it's it's, it's automatic. You're out you're out three four weeks. I mean it's just it's a tough injury. It's hard to come back from, and it needs time. You just need time. You need a month. That's why it stood out to me like a sore thumb when she said it. Yeah, and I, when she, when I, I never she, I didn't hear it. Yeah, it was it was one of her first reports of the day. For so it was very very early in the game, and I, I heard it. And I if you check my Twitter timeline, I even tweeted about it. I, I I'm like. High ankle sprain has any has that been out there and I missed it. I actually asked Twitter, "Has this been the report on Kyler Murray?" And and, and I just I I missed it. I didn't see it because I, I didn't think that had right. I didn't think that was out there. So I went back, listened to it again. But it's it's look. I hope it's not a high ankle sprain with Kyler Murray because that's going to be longer for him that he's going to be out. I know Cliff today suggested that that you know we're still kind of in wait and see mode about Kyler. I know Colt today went on the Rich Eisen show and said, I think Kyler Murray's going to be back this week, but if he's not, we'll circle the wagons and we'll get it done another week. So I, I hope it's not a high ankle sprain for Kyler, because if it is, he's going to miss more than no. just one game against San Francisco, you I, would assume. I, I checked on it, and I'm being told it is not a okay. high ankle good. sprain. Good, so, I, 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 trust, I trust you IR right now. infinitely more than I trust Laura Oakman. Thank you. But when she said it, I jotted it down in my notes. I, I, I rewound it. I listened to it again because I just – did she say what I thought she said? Yeah. She did. And so I'm glad you checked on that. Um, but that's what we're reporting yesterday. Uh, back to Eno Benjamin and back to this Cardinals running game. Yep. Uh, it was a happy day, I think, for a lot of local fans yesterday because I think – what was the phrase that Darren used today? Darren Urban on Twitter called it the Eno Hive. And there are. There, there's a bunch of local fans – 
who have been waiting, watching, wondering when Eno Benjamin was going to get his shot because they're ASU fans, right? They want to see the local guy do well for the local team. Yesterday was that day, and I would imagine the Eno Hive, as Darren put it, is going to get a lot more opportunities over you know, these next couple of weeks. He's such a dominant. He, he was such, matter of fact, when I was doing my my notes on the um, the Sun Devil game from this week, I watched the Sun Devil game and they got a nice win and against USC and they played well. When you go look at it, and Rashad White had this game of the ages, right? I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. And you go look at the all time rushing guys for ASU. You know, Benjamin three hundred and twelve against Oregon State. September 29, 2018. I think it was Oregon State. Um, 312 yards. Now, Rashad White just had a you know huge game for ASU in the win against USC. Um, he had 202 yards. You know, Benjamin was such a dominant running back at ASU. Yeah, he was. And when he went in the seventh round, you're like, oh, my God. Like, somebody that good went in the seventh round. And then from that point on, it's a dogfight to stay in the league and just try to get your opportunity. He got his opportunity, took advantage of it, played really well, and ran over Dre Kirkpatrick. Yep, he did. Um, and he talked about how difficult his NFL journey has been. Really, I think it starts. Um, there's two things that go behind all of that. Um, one, I would say, is um, you have to have the confidence um, and know um, that you're, you're talented um, enough to um, be in an, uh, any position uh, to play in this league. Um, I know the guys that I competed with um, throughout high school, um, throughout college, um, and I know that I have what it takes to be here. Um, and then also with that, um, it's just, I would say, faith in God. Um, everything is all about his timing um, and how he wants it to work is how it's going to work. Um, and so um, kind of just leaning um, to him and letting him take care of everything is it, kind of my mindset on that. It's funny, with the news coming down about Chase today, again, assuming that Ian Rappaport's reporting is correct and that the high ankle sprain is confirmed and that he's likely to land on injured reserve and Chase Edmonds could miss three to four games, I actually feel fine with the running back situation the way it is right now, I think they're okay. Yeah. As long as nothing else happens while Chase is gone. Because then you really start getting down to the nitty gritty on that list, right? Like if you're going to tell me for the next three to four weeks, Chase Edmonds is going to be out and it's going to be mostly James Conner and Eno and Jonathan Ward, I think I'm mostly okay with that. I think they'll be fine at that spot. But if you tell me that something happens to one of those two guys, now I start to get really, really worried because you are starting to get to the very bottom of your depth chart at that position. If Ward comes back, you've got security there, and I think he's closer to coming back, so that would give you that. But I am questioning, like, I do think that they'll have to figure out something else to have another running back. I think they're going to have to make sure that they, they have another guy. Now, whether – I mean, look, in running backs – I mean, the Titans got Adrian Peterson two days ago when he scored a touchdown yesterday. <laughs> That's true. Like, they're, they're, they're there. True. There's so many of them. There's so many of them. You know what? You'll pass six on the way home when you go home to Gilbert today. You do, you'll pass six running backs that could be signed. We're three and hours play. and 40 minutes into the show. Nothing you have said has given me as much comfort as what you just said a second ago. As soon as you mentioned Adrian Peterson, I'm like, you know what? Damn, Gambo's yeah. right. He'll be fine. There he is. It's running back. Score a touchdown, Adrian Peterson. It's just their running backs, man. That's why I hate running backs. That's why you hate running backs. Can we clarify that, please? No. It's why you don't want to. No, I like the fact that you hate them. I think it's a better better look. Just let it hang out there. It sounds cooler. Yeah, it sounds cooler. I hate paying running backs. You hate paying them? I hate paying running backs. Because you hate running backs. For the reason you just said. Why pay one a lot of money when I can drive by six of them on my way home? Six. 
pull over the car, open up the, the passenger. Hey, get in. I want you to be my running back. I want you to carry the ball 20 times and win me a football game. Hop in. I'll drive you to the stadium. Why pay a guy a lot of money when I can find a guy who can do something like that who's literally just doing nothing I didn't see Adrian Peterson's, like, totals, but he's a 36, 37-year-old running back that scored a touchdown. Oh, yeah, 10 carriers, 10 carries for 21 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. But he got in the end zone. He scored a touchdown. Okay? Yeah. I mean, you know, they lose, you know, they lose it. Now, this, you know, like, talk about MVP voting. Cardinals lose Kyler Murray. They throttle the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Tennessee loses Derrick Henry. They throttle the Rams. So, like, I wonder if that has any bearing on the MVP race, like that both teams won without those two key guys. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. I haven't thought about that. Murray didn't play. Henry didn't play. And Stafford was awful. Who's the MVP of the NFL after? Yeah, like is it, after nine weeks under those circumstances, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Did anybody to that. get a? Did anybody get a boost yesterday? I'd have to take a look. Did anybody get a boost? Dak, no. No. Stafford, no. You could argue that the Aaron Rodgers did because he played so poorly. With See, okay, there you go. You could argue that Aaron Rodgers actually got the MVP boost yesterday by not playing. That he got the, you know, and you, nobody got a boost yesterday. Because it was nothing but upsets yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Josh Allen lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Josh Allen lost to Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen kicked Josh Allen's ass. Interception, all sack. Field. Oh, yeah. How did the Jaguars beat the Bills? I mean, honestly. I don't know. The Jaguars beat the Bills. I don't know. And well, then you had what happened to the, you know, Mitch's Broncos beating the Cowboys the way they did. It Cleveland? was upset city. Oh, Cleveland. No Odell Beckham Jr. They really hated the Bengals yesterday. I mean, and look, I'll tell you right now, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, they don't look good. Barely. They barely. look broken. They barely beat the Packers with Jordan Love. I barely. Mean, they, they look like a shell of them former selves. Jordan Love got a touchdown pass like late in the game, right? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. still can't get over. They put his mother in the last row. <laughs> I'm here to pick up my ticket to you. I'm the quarterback's mother, the starting quarterback for the Packers. You'll be in section 415, row 32 out of 32. See those lights up there? Yeah, you're just below those lights. I would have yeah, been like, Mom, right I would have been like, Mom, where are your seats? You sit- I would have scalped tickets for my mom. <laughs> You'll be like, the first to let us know when it snows. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, don't you, like, honestly, don't you need to scalp tickets for your mom, like yourself? Like, he has $5,000. Get my mother a better seat. <laughs> like, he has five grand. Go get her a better seat. Like, she sat, she sat in the last row. Or just make her a TikTok star and have her dance on the field pregame. That should work, too. Well, that could do it, too. That could for do Patrick it. Mahomes' brother. Be better. Be better, Kansas City. Come on. Treat the mom of the, op- the opposing quarterback a little bit better than that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, as you can tell, it was a fun day yesterday. It was a fun game against the 49ers. We look back at what Gambo likes to call his three stars of the game, and I may only dispute one of them. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Time for the Vizzy Hard Seltzer. What's on tonight? The games that we're going to watch this evening, and it's brought to you by Vizzy Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer crafted with antioxidant vitamin C. Proud sponsor of your Arizona Diamondbacks Monday Night Football tonight. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not jacked up about this game. Bears, Steelers. But Suns basketball is also on tonight. Let's go. 8 o'clock tip time. They're in Sacramento taking on the Kings. No DeAndre Ayton. He has been no. ruled out of the game. In fact, Monty made it sound like Ayton might miss a few games with this because they have you seen their schedule in November? They got they, a lot of games. They are slammed, man. Yeah. They are playing. All the time. You know, I told you last week they were in this this thing where they were, they were playing like five five games every other day. Yeah. Playing every other day. I, I, okay, I took a screenshot of the Suns' November schedule, even into the first couple of days of December. They've got four back-to-backs in the next month. Oof. And they've only got, yeah, they've got, and a lot of them are on the road. At Houston, at Minnesota is a back-to-back. Home against Denver at San Antonio is a back-to-back. At New York, at Brooklyn. All right, I don't know if that counts. That's a back-to-back. Home against Detroit at Golden State. That's a back-to-back. Why, why does the New York-Brooklyn one not count? Because you don't have to travel? Yeah, because you don't have to travel. Yeah, you don't have to travel. You don't have to travel. You don't have no. to get on a plane and get into a hotel room at 2 o'clock no. in the morning. No. Right? I mean, no traveling. Am I okay in not counting that one? Okay, that's okay. fine. Yeah. There is only one day over the next month, one day, where the Phoenix Suns get an extra day off in between games. They either play back-to-back games or have only one day off in between games every single day for the next month except for one day. That's it. Very compressed, very tight over the next month or so. Well, they played good tonight. Played good in that fourth quarter against the Hawks. Had a bad third quarter, played well, got, you know, ended up getting the win. Frank Kaminsky's been very good for them, really good. And Booker had his breakout game. You know, we talked about Book. We talked about how, you know, he needs to, you know, get through those first five or six games because, you know, he had COVID and he didn't really have the same preseason as everybody else. And maybe it was going to take him five games. I thought he was fantastic against Atlanta. He was really good in that game. Now you got Sacramento. They beat you the last time you played them. You got that. Remember that was that Harrison Barnes shot yes. at the buzzer, and they lost. To, Booker was right in his face. Right in his face, it, yeah. and Barnes hit it, and you lost to Sacramento. So you get them now, and you just want to get a, they're on a little bit of a roll. They're starting to play better basketball and figure figuring things out. Landry Shamich, you know, starting to trust that. Okay, I got to. They want me to shoot the ball. I'm going to shoot the ball. Yeah, I think the big thing has been, as you point out, Frank Kaminsky. The last couple games that he's played, where Aiton hasn't played, Kaminsky's been a real revelation. Yeah, I, I mean, just the kind of guy you're more than happy to give. To $2 million to to help you win a game in the middle of the week in November. Uh, he, he just really, he's good. And so hey, you see what Chris Paul said about Frank? The perfect pick and roll partner. He goes, I love having a guy like Frank in the pocket. He always makes the right decisions. Always is what Chris said about Kaminsky. There was a, one of my favorite plays from, from the game the other day was, you know, one of those pick and roll things. And then Frank went to the basket and they gave it to Frank, and he kind of and he dunked it. And it was like, oh man, that was just that that was such a great play. It was from Mikhail. It was forty five seconds left in the game, and 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 Frank got got a dunk. I mean, they just found him, and he just he you know he went right to the basket. He dunked it in, and yeah, he does a great job of getting of rolling to the basket after every pass or screen that he makes, and he gets some open looks. Yeah, Chris Paul quote: "It's a point guard's dream. He really knows how to play the pocket." Close quote. So that game's coming up at eight o'clock, and uh, our good friend Tim Ring is in a, bringing you right up until pregame coverage uh, coming up here on ninety-eight-seven FM Arizona Sports Station. All right, your three favorite plays from Sunday's game. Okay, you ready for him? I'm, I'm, re- right I'm, I'm ready. You want to go? How do you want to do this? Three uh, to one or one three to three? To one. Give me, give me your your three star moment here. Okay, my third favorite play 
is the Christian Kirk pass to Wesley for 33 yards down to the one-yard line. Two receivers right, one left. Shotgun snap to McCoy, and it's a pitch on a reverse. Far side to Kirk, who's going to throw the ball. Fires far side, down to the five-yard line. It's caught by Wesley and out of bounds at the one. A gain of 33 with Kirk on a trick play, throwing the ball downfield to Wesley. It'll be first and goal at the one. What's number two? Chandler Jones, record-breaking sack. Second and five in the 18, shotgun formation again. Three receivers, two left, one right. Snap to Garoppolo. Drops back to throw, in trouble, steps up and gets hit, and down he goes. At the 25-yard line, a loss on the play of seven. He was surrounded by several Cardinals. Chandler Jones was leading the way. They give Chandler Jones a full sack. And the hit and run in which Eno Benjamin got a warning from the San Francisco police after the game. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Hands off Benjamin off the left side of the 15. He trucks a DB and walks into the end zone for his first touchdown. Eno Benjamin just ran over former Cardinal Drake Kirkpatrick and maybe put this one out of reach. 30-7 to midway through the third. There are your three those stars Those are my three stars of the game. I love those three plays. Tim Ring is up next. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.